do you make a troll happy? I don't even know where they come from. How do they find us? I don't know, but apparently we're doing something right because they are angry. Listen, you like it, you hate it, it's still a reaction. <laughs> You're helping me, so thank you. Other big news. This one's actually fun news. Yeah. On our LinkedIn, we got noticed by Classroom Screen. ClassroomScreen.com, we are not sponsored in any way. I just absolutely love their products for teachers, specifically K through 12 teachers, mm -hmm. and maybe more so with the younger ages and the older ages. Classroom Screen is a resource that I came across a couple of years ago, probably about a year and a half, two years ago, by mistake. I was looking for a tutorial for something else, and I came across the tutorial for Classroom Screen, and I use it all the time. Yeah. And I made a video, just a quick overview video, because I do plan on going over some more things with it. And Classroom Screen gave us a shout out, so I appreciate that. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. This week, we're starting off talking about some new things that we are pushing ourselves to learn. Maybe it's something that we already use, but we're wanting to use it in a different way. And Nikki said that one of the things she was wanting to work with was OneNote. And I'm glad that you talked about that because OneNote is something that I actually use all the time, but I only use a certain feature of it. I don't push myself to use any more with it. Okay. I'm very excited to see where you go with that. And then I am pushing myself this week to do a little bit more with Canva because Canva is everywhere right now. Mm -hmm. I had a friend come to me yesterday and she said, Hey Tina, you might want to reach out to this creator because she's saying she doesn't have any skill with Canva and you should help her. Wow. I thought that that would be a great opportunity for us to connect maybe with some other people who are trying to do something similar to what we're doing, right. but who don't have the tech side of it. You know, they have something else. And I thought that would be an interesting opportunity for us to maybe look at the things that people are needing help with right. and then being able to help them. That's awesome. We're here to teach the people what they need to know. What they exactly. Nikki is wanting to get into OneNote a little bit more. Nikki, have you used OneNote at all? Um, I used it. I was working on a, a project management certificate a little while mm -hmm. ago. And it was online. So I was doing the video courses and then I was also trying to take notes. And I thought, you know, let me just use technology with my <laughs> note taking. Right. So that's the first time I've really used it. I haven't I haven't played too much with it. And I know you said you use it quite often. So hopefully <laughs> as I'm going through and explaining how to use it and the tips and tricks, it's all coherent to what you know how to use. So I'm excited to to do that, but I haven't used it. I haven't used it too much at all. Well, I'm actually. not saying I'm an expert in it. I'm just saying that I use it. One of the things that we do with technology is we use it to fix the things that we're trying to do in that moment. Right. And you know that I teach an accounting class and mm -hmm. in that accounting class, I like to work through problems. Well, when I'm in a place that has a hookup, I can just hook up my iPad to the projector and I can write on anything. I can have a PowerPoint open, I can do whatever, and I can write it on there. Right. Well, when I'm in a room that I don't have a hookup to, and I can't connect with a screencast or something like that, I have to get creative.
creative with how I could still write on it and have mm-hmm. it show up on the board for the students to see. And I use OneNote for that. Yeah, I log into OneNote on my iPad and then mm-hmm. I log into OneNote on a browser because I have a computer in the room that's connected, uh, just a desktop computer, but I can't write on that desktop computer that's in that specific right. room. So I log into OneNote on my iPad, log into OneNote on the computer, and then it updates live. The issue with that sometimes is if the internet's not syncing quickly enough, it is a little bit delayed, but it does help me be able to show the students what's going on at the same time while I'm writing out the problem. It's great. And what I was going to say is I've seen that a lot in math classes. Mm -hmm. Like you said, accounting. Mm -hmm. I have seen a lot of the math uh, faculty use OneNote. So that way they can write it out like the students would be writing it out on paper. But again, they're using technology to show them all of those things. Then they can have the eraser. They can color different points, highlight Mm -hmm. different things. It's it's incredible. Yeah. I'm teaching payroll right now Mm -hmm. in an accounting class. And as we're looking through each of the different parts of the payroll register, I can, you know, highlight things. So it's a lot nicer than writing on a, a whiteboard or a chalkboard right. in that way. And I just use OneNote for that. I know that there are other apps out there, yeah. but having a Microsoft account, it's easy for me to just hop onto that and to quickly do that, especially right. if something's going wrong with the other apps. Some of the other whiteboard apps that I've used, they get kind of glitchy sometimes. And again, I need something that's going to sync sync in in live time right um so that's been the best method that i've seen and the other thing that i do with it is i so i'm teaching the students how to fill out different forms because we're learning the backside of accounting eventually they're going to do computerized accounting and you know we get into that here in the next couple of weeks but right right now we we write everything out so they're understanding the Mm -hmm. behind the scenes of what the computer's doing for them exactly but they have these forms to fill out. Well, I don't want to hand draw those forms out on everything. So I will save the forms that I'm wanting as a PDF. And then you can dump that into OneNote, open up the PDF, and then I'm writing on top of the PDF. And then right. I have a notebook within OneNote for this semester, for this class. And then I have a different page for each of the problems. And it's been great. That's amazing. I really, I really do like that. But then I can take that and save it and upload it to Canvas for the students to be able to see, you know, the answers or things that they have practiced out in the studio. So right. And that. that is, that is one thing that I did want to look into, especially, I think the, the OneNote video will be broken up into separate categories just because there's so much that you can do with it. Right. So yeah. we'll just do a, a beginners, like, how do you use it? What, mm-hmm. what's the benefits of using it? How do you set up your notebooks? Um, and then I do want to get into like the integration side of it. How can we integrate mm-hmm. everything that we're doing inside your notebook to other applications and other resources? I think that'll right. be great. Yeah. One of the first times that I ever used OneNote, I was in a residency for my doctoral work. Mm-hmm. I keep throwing that out there just so nobody's confused. I did not finish the degree, um, so I am not a doctor, but I do have the, the a lot of work behind me on that. But one of the residencies we went to, which is just a bunch of sessions, it's it's just listening to a lot of people talk about a lot of different things. And I went in and I had an endless page of notes that I would go through and write in. And you can drop in, you know, the PowerPoints that they send you yes. or any of the files that they send you, you can drop that in there. 
And so somewhere in all of my cloud data that's stored somewhere, Saw there. I have all of these notes from all of these sessions that I went to for those, you know, four days or so, whatever it was, which is pretty cool. The other thing, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 you're good. I was just, I was just going to say, speaking of PowerPoint, um, mm -hmm. there's another application that I want to look into and eventually do a video on. Have you ever heard of Slido? Oh, I don't know. It, it's kind of like a... Uh, not like a, a more professional as in the other ones are like juvenile, but it, it's a more professional like Kahoot. You've heard of Kahoot. Everyone's oh, heard of Kahoot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you can incorporate, it's just for, for keeping things interactive. So you mm -hmm. can put like these Slido questions. It's just questions that they quiz questions, mm -hmm. things right. like that, that the students can have access to. And you put the QR code straight in your PowerPoint presentation and they Perfect. can answer the quiz questions in real time. That's another one yeah. that I want to look into. It, it's not going to be for a minute, but I want to look into that. You said PowerPoint, so I made me think of it. Right. There's another one like that is called Class Point. Class Point oh, yeah. is very similar. The issue with Class Point that I have found is that it doesn't work with Mac. It would mm. be interesting to see if Slido works with both or one or the other. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting as well. I haven't, yeah, we'll I haven't done too that. much. Yeah. I haven't done too much with it, but mm -hmm. I just saw it out there and I was like, this is, mm -hmm. this would be cool, mm -hmm. especially for, I mean, we're all trying to keep things interactive. We want to make right. sure everyone's involved. And so I was right. like, this would be cool to look into. Mentimeter is very similar to that as well. And you can add that into a PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I have heard of that one. Yes. Yeah. I teach that one in one of my classes. And I've gotten a few other people that we work with using mm -hmm. it. So that's one that I want to make some more tutorials on as well. That's awesome. Back to OneNote. Mm -hmm. The other day, the, the projector wasn't connecting. So mm -hmm. I wasn't able to show the students what was going on on the screen right there live in the classroom. And because we all have Microsoft accounts, you know, as a teacher, you're just like, okay, quickly, quickly, quickly. As a teacher, you're having to think that way anyway. And then when you're in a tech class, it's like teacher mode. And tech mode all the same time, and you're constantly, yeah. I mean, all these thoughts. Okay, everybody, I'm going to send you a link to my OneNote, uh -huh. my notebook. And a few of the people in the class had used OneNote before, and a lot of them had not. But I was able to just share the, the notebook with them, and they all hopped on. So then on each of their individual computers, they were able to see the problem that as I was working through it. Right. While they couldn't see it on the big screen we could all see it on the individual computer and it worked perfectly. And then they all right. had a copy of the file as we were going through it. Exactly. It was fantastic. See, yeah. that's, that's amazing. I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's good. I think that's good to get into for the ins and outs of it. I've used it in that capacity, but I haven't used much more of that, but I do know that there are a lot of features to OneNote that are really interesting. Yeah, um, from what I remember, you can, you can search for your handwritten words in OneNote, mm -hmm. if I if I remember correctly, which is really nice, especially if you've taken a lot of notes for class or something and you're wanting to keep up with that. Right. But not even for class. I mean, you can use that in business as well. Literally anything. I remember yeah. when I first started my job, uh, I used to work at a car dealership in accounting, and the first really couple months was a lot of intense training. Mm -hmm. and trying to learn all the things, but I would write out everything. And I had so many sticky notes everywhere, <laughs> so many pieces of paper. But if you had the capability to write it all out in something like OneNote, then you can right. go search for it. 
give right. you a fine. Hey, when do I pay these taxes? How do I pay this? When is this due? Right. Where did I go to find, you know, whatever it is? It's really helpful. I'm now, excited to see what you come up with for that. I, I don't know this off the top of mm-hmm. my head because I haven't, I have not gone on into the ins and outs just yet with it. Um, but right. you know, in word, when you're working in word, word can transcribe for you. So I'm mm-hmm. so interested to see if OneNote can transcribe as well. That would be crazy. That'd be awesome. I'm pretty sure that it will. I think it will. If Word can do it, yeah, if Word can do it, OneNote can do it, but I think that'll be helpful for students, maybe. (laughs) I could record our lectures. Listen, I've gotten that I talk so fast sometimes, so if (laughs) OneNote will, like, record what I'm saying in the time that I'm saying it, like, good luck. I mean, honestly, good luck. (laughs) Right. I was showing Microsoft Teams in class today, and the transcription came up, and it's always fun to see the words that I completely butchered. It's, oh, yeah. It's very fun. Same. <laughs> but it's a great, great thing that's there. I remember when I was a senior in college, because I was taking transcription classes, and they kept saying, you know, all this is going away, paper's going away, they don't mm-hmm. need people anymore. Well, you know what? We still use paper. A lot of the things right. are digital, but we do still use paper. And the need for human beings to be able to go through with their discernment and to be able to proofread things exactly. and edit these transcriptions is still very needed. So, oh, yeah. exactly. And that goes into robots, what we were talking about last week with the, the AI. I mean, right. the computer can do so much, but there is there is nothing that's going to top a, a personal knowledge and their understanding of it and all of that. Like, there's nothing that's going to top somebody doing that. Exactly. So we are still needed and knowing, you know, the grammar, the mechanics, the connotations. Yes. Absolutely. is still important. Now, do I speak that well? I should speak much better than I do. (laughs) (laughs) But, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm also at the point in my life where to sit and proofread, like there's got to be somebody else who could be doing this for me, but. I'm I'm sure there's there's people people out there that like it. Like surely there's people out there that just like. Oh, yes. Subject, verb. Woohoo. I used to be that person. I I, used to love it so much. And at this point in my life, my brain is constantly moving. And I don't know if I'm losing brain cells or if it's just that there's just so much at this stage of life that I don't know, but I don't have the patience for it to sit and and read all of that. I've looked for proofreading jobs and things on this side, like in the summertime and stuff. And every time I get started with it, I think, why did I do this? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't want to do this. Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, there's got to be somebody else for this. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But it's, it is still important. And so it is something that we do when we, when it's needed. But I, I'm much more into other things at this point yeah. in my life. Right. Now, going back to, we were just talking about the AI um, component of the transcription and all of that. Now, Tina, you did say that you wanted to get more into Canva. Do you have like specifics of what you want to look at this week? Canva is this hot topic out there right now, and I keep seeing it everywhere. I had heard about it just a little bit, and then about a year and a half, two years ago, about the same time that I came across Classroom Screen, there's a reason for that. I started teaching a certain class at that time, Mm -hmm. and so I really was getting into some of these um, apps and things that could be helpful in a for educators because I'm teaching a class for educators and it gave me the opportunity to kind of open my, my world just a little bit. And I finally got the opportunity to get my hands onto Canva 
And I chose that specifically because I know that Canva has free accounts for teachers mm-hmm. who teach K through 12. And anytime we can help teachers out with a, a service or something that's going to help them out and it's free or mm-hmm. a lesser cost to them, I think is fantastic. And I love the integration that Canva has for teachers with letting students then join their team and then allowing them to work on their their creations together. Right. I love that. So I brought that into a class, and I have my students in that class use it to edit videos. I was looking for a way for the students to learn just some basic editing. And to me, Canva kind of checked the boxes for me. I like that it can be used on any type of device. You can use an app with Canva on you know a phone or a tablet you can use it with the desktop version on a laptop or a a pc or a mac or a desktop or whatever and i like that capability when i'm going over things for a large group of people i love when i could come across something that is useful on many different levels right so that was what drew me to it and then i used it to show students how to edit and then i realized how many resources are in there if you are a K through 12 teacher and you are not using Canva, even if you're just using it to go look at the graphics that are available yeah. out there for, for teachers for free, I say go go use it at least for that. Right. I will say the editing side is very basic. And if you're very new to editing, it might be perfect for your needs. And I will continue using it in the class that I teach for um, it's just a small project that we do. To me, it fits the need for that. If you're wanting to do a little bit more advanced editing, I found that for what we're doing for our podcast, for the videos, mm-hmm. it's it's fine for a few of the things that we do, but when you're having different audio tracks and those things, it doesn't need to be quite as many capabilities there, but I think it's something great to get started, something to use for an assignment in a classroom. Um, I think it's a great resource for people who want to get creative a little bit right. in a way that's very easy because it's very user-friendly, and I appreciate that as well. My brother is a youth pastor, and he uses it to build slides and things for his um, youth group, and I know a lot of churches use it. Mm -hmm. There are companies out there who build templates Mm -hmm. for churches using Canva. Um, There are people who sell products on Etsy that Mm -hmm. bring you back to Canva, and there's so much that you can go out there. They also have a way for you to connect with your team from a business side. So Nikki and I have a team account that way. This is how we designed our logo. This is how we started putting together some of the, you know, choosing the color scheme and all of that. And Mm -hmm. from a company perspective, you can set your brand, all your settings, and you can save these things as templates, and then you can share them with each other. So you, you have access to them. And we've actually gotten on at the same time. And we were editing our logo together Mm -hmm. and choosing different things. And like you can in Microsoft, we use Microsoft a lot. So you have that mm-hmm. comment feature where you're collaborating on a document. You can collaborate on a design right there in Canva together and add feedback and stuff to each other. So I really like that aspect of it. Right. There's so much to it, though, that I still haven't touched on. Mm-hmm. I've made videos in there. I've edited photos in there. The main part that I really want to get into is their new AI section. And mm-hmm. this is going to segue us into our... I spy AI. Mm-hmm. Canva recently rolled out something that they're calling Magic Switch. 
And this gives you the ability to edit your graphics, your document, your file, whatever it is, your video, they'll, they'll make a video for you based on just a few elements that you drop in. Have you used that before, Nikki? The part they tell you to drop in three different things and it'll make a little video and I'll add music to it. And yeah, I, (laughs) I have, I've tried it just to see what it will do. Right. it, I didn't keep what it did, but it's it's, it's cool what it does. I, I've used it a couple of times just to say, okay, what would it do? Right. Yeah, I've never kept any of them so far. Right. I've only done it a couple of times, but <laughs> it just didn't fit the need that I had right now. Exactly. But I think that if I were at a different stage of life, I think it's likely something that would be a lot of fun to use. I see that my, I think my nephews would absolutely love that they could make a video easily by just dropping a few things in. Right. I think my dad too, though. Like, I think, I think people just depending on what their needs are, if, tech is something that you're not that into or you're not that comfortable with or familiar with. I think going in there and playing with that and seeing that it makes a video just because you clicked on a few things, I think would be absolutely thrilling to a lot of, a lot of people. And it's a fun For sure. There. Yes. In our intro podcast to all of this, I told you that part of me finally getting the courage to put myself out there to take the time to make videos for others was because of a Canva tutorial that I did for my brother. And he was wanting to have a picture of himself. Now he has a beard and he wanted that beard to look purple. And I helped him do that with the AI feature in Canvas. And the Canvas feature had just rolled out. It had not been out there for very long. And it was a lot of fun to figure out how do I make the background from his office go away? How do I make Mm -hmm. it where it's just his face? How do I make it so that his shoulders and his neck aren't showing? He just wanted the head. He didn't want his neck or the upper part of his shoulders. How do I cut all of that out there easily and quickly? And then he wanted his his beard to be purple. So how do I do that? And the AI feature was hands down fun and easy and quick to figure out. And I really appreciated that. I will say there are a few things that I try to do. So once you edit a photo and you add the AI to it, sometimes it's not so easy to come back later and do other things to it. While there are limitations to what AI can do and what Canva provides for that, there are so many fun resources in there. And I say go play with it. There are features that are available to everyone, whether you have a free account or you have a paid account. There is uh, the ability to make a free account, even if you're not a teacher. Now, when you do that, you're going to have a watermark on some of the images, or it may not let you download the images. But I appreciate that they let you go in and at least try things out. And if you make something that you're wanting to really use, it may at that point be worth your while to go ahead and and make that investment. But I love that you have the ability to, to test it out, see what's out there. And that's one of my my number one things for using something for the first time Mm -hmm. or for the second time or, you know, trying to get familiar with something. I want to see what features are there. I want to see if it's worth my $5 or $10 or $12 or a hundred dollars, whatever it is. I want to see that that investment's worth it. And I love that you can go in there and play with it even without paying for it first. Some of the features are free to everyone. Sometimes you'll see a little crown on some of the images or some of the elements in there. And that'll tell you that you need to have a, an updated 
subscription to be able to use that and to be able to download it. But they usually still let you use it to create something. Yeah. And then you can get to the end and decide if you want to go ahead and upgrade your account. There's also a little, I believe it's a graduation cap, and that would be on the educator side of things. I believe when you make your account with Canva, it's been a while since I've made an account, but I believe they'll ask you what you're planning to use it for. Personal use, educational use, business use. Mm -hmm. You're going to see some of the features a little bit different, but you should still have full access to the whole, the whole setup. It's just mm -hmm. going to focus what it's showing based on what you told them initially. And then you may have to upgrade your account depending on what you're wanting to use. But yeah. I can go around and play with it. They also have an AI image generator. And I played around with this. So I dabble in Etsy just a little bit. And I said in our last podcast, I might talk about Etsy a little bit coming up. I'll just, I'll just briefly say a few things about Etsy here. In the fall, around Thanksgiving time, I was just trying to get hands-on with as much of this stuff as I could. One of the things that they tell you when you're getting started with what we've done with starting a new business and things, they tell you don't try to do too much at one time. And I am so far past that that it's it's insane, really. But I, I think like we've to tried know a everything. Bit. <laughs> I, we've I tried like everything. <laughs> I like to know a little bit about everything. I really do. Yes. Because otherwise, I, I don't know. I That's just how I've always been. Like I said, I'm a tinkerer. I like to I like to know just a little bit about everything. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I was playing with was with Canva. And I thought, okay, I know people make things on Canva and then they put them on Etsy. And people will go mm -hmm. on Etsy and they'll buy them. Well, how does that work? And then also, how does this AI generator work for canva so i sat here one night on the couch and i played around on canva and i thought what is the most ridiculous thing that i could ask for for it to make for me well i have a cat and a cat walked across the the living room and i said ah oh, there's a cat and it's almost thanksgiving time so i said or this was in october so i said okay um give me a picture of a cat wearing a holiday hat, a Thanksgiving type hat. I mean, how ridiculous is this? And so I typed it in the prompt in Canva and it gave me pictures of the most beautiful cats. And it gives you different options mm -hmm. of pictures to choose from for these AI generations. And they were gorgeous photos. <laughs> and then I took those pictures and I saved them. And then I thought, okay, well, how do I get those to Etsy? How does that work? So I made an Etsy store and I made just... Like they were wallpapers for a smartphone because when you go into Canva, when you create a project, it'll say, use this, you know, use this size or this style or this theme or whatever. If you're wanting to do a video or you're wanting to do something for social media or whatever. So I chose the one for the wallpaper and I loaded in that photo that it generated for me. And I thought, well, how do I, how does this all connect to Etsy? I made an Etsy account and I uploaded those wallpapers there. And those of you who are the OGs, you're the originals, and you were with me on the Tina Bell, you likely saw these ridiculous looking wallpapers come across the feed. And I believe I made some sort of comment like, ignore this. I'm just playing. <laughs> I just want to see what this is all about. And so I had a few wallpapers out there. I think I had them for sale for like a dollar. I was just curious to see what the whole process was people sell so much on etsy 
and I've had people come and ask me about selling on Etsy. You know, how do we set this up? We need your expertise on this. And I've never used it before. So I wanted to see what it was like. Yeah. And um, it's really interesting. But then the more I was digging into Etsy, I found out that you have to be really careful about making sure that you are letting people know. First of all, if you're connecting Canva. So back to Canva, I'll wrap that part of it up. Um, with Canva, you can sell products that you make in Canva on Etsy. Mm -hmm. I was curious about that part of it, but you have to point the people back to Canva and let them know that that's where you got it from. Okay. For the wallpapers that I made, I couldn't just sell the file on Etsy. I had to sell, uh, so when you save something on Canva, you can save it as a template and you can make it a public template or something like that, this oh. link. And so I had to make a PDF file or it could have been a Word document, but it, I wanted it to be PDF because then everybody can open it. Right. I made a PDF that explained, clicked on this link, and then I had a link to the Canva file that I had created that was generated from the crazy cat picture with the holiday mm -hmm. cat. So I had to have that link there. And, and Canva said, as long as I had a link back to Canva, then that was fine. So it was so this the was customer Canva's Canva. requirements. Yes. Okay. Not, not Etsy's requirements. Right. So okay. Canva okay. said that I had to, bring the customer back to Canva in order to be able to sell okay. the design that I made Something that Canva. was designed. Okay. So that's how that worked. And so I made a PDF. I linked the stuff. I just, again, was curious to see how that would work. So then when somebody purchased from Etsy, if they would, if they did, they would have gotten the PDF of the link mm -hmm. to Canva. They would okay. click on that. It would take them to Canva, and that's where they could download their thing. But when you do that, you have to make sure that they know, mm -hmm. you know, if I send that to somebody who's tech savvy, they're going to understand that. But if I send that and somebody purchases it and they don't know how that works, mm -hmm. you know, they have to be able to go through that, those steps. So you have to be clear with your explanation for them so that they know how do I edit it? Are you going to make it so that they can edit? Right. And this is where you would do if you were to make invitations or save the dates. Mm -hmm. or those sort of things where you made the design in Canva. If you wanted to sell those on Etsy, you would have to have the link that you put on Etsy, put that in the PDF, and on the PDF is what you're selling them on Etsy. When they make the purchase, they get, uh, they get the PDF, links them back to Canva, and then you have to decide, and that you have to make sure your settings are set up. Are they able to make changes to this? Or is it just set the way that you had it? Can they change the dates? Or did you have it locked to where they're not able to save, change the dates? And if they're right. if they just purchased to save the date from you, they're gonna want to change the date. So you have to make exactly. sure that the settings are right. Anyway, it's it's a process and it yeah. is definitely doable, but you definitely need to make sure that all your ducks are in a row so that people aren't paying for this at a time where you're not right there to be able to fix it for them. You know, if somebody's in a hurry and they're trying to get something sent to print or whatever, mm -hmm. and you have the settings in there incorrectly, it, it could be a mess for them. And they just invested this money for whatever it was. And so you just have to make sure that you test that out before you send it. 
So that was one of the things that I saw. I'm not saying that people shouldn't do it, and I'm not saying that I would never do it. I was just very curious to see how it worked and to see how that yeah. process is. Yeah. I went ahead and took off the wallpapers that I had. First of all, the seasons that the cat's hats fit were not appropriate anymore because it was past that season. But I truly only initially put it up there because I was interested in seeing how it worked. Right. Um, nobody bought my AI-generated cats no. with their holiday hats while they were beautiful pictures, which is, is fine. I, I was not intending for people to buy them or to anything like that. Again, I just wanted to see the process of how that worked between Etsy speaking with Canva and Canva and the other and all of that. Yeah. So that was interesting. The I other think, thing. I think that'd be yeah. a good tutorial. That'd be a good, I mean, how, cause mm-hmm. even, even listing those steps out, how to properly list those steps out, how to change the settings. Right. I think that'd be fantastic for right. one of us to cover. That'd be great. Right. And another thing that I mentioned last week that we might talk about. So I'll go ahead and just talk about it in case any of you are interested I wanted to know, again, my brain's always working. Well, if that's how this works between Canva and Etsy, Mm -hmm. how does it work to do shirts with Etsy? Because everybody's out there selling anything they can on Etsy. And I know that there's this drop shipping thing out there. Mm -hmm. Well, how how does all of that work? And I will say also, when you start looking up some of this stuff and you make an Etsy account and you do this and that, you start getting ads for these sort of things. And I was getting YouTube video recommendations for new business, starting out, you know, creations, because I now had Canva, I had Etsy, all these things. One of the videos that came across my feed for YouTube at the time was showing how you could use Printify to make t-shirts, to make products, and then sell them on Etsy. And I thought, oh, okay, well, let me just see. Because again, I like to know a little bit about a lot of things. And I like to at least get a little taste of stuff to decide if, if it's worth my while in the future or not. Right. I signed up for a Printify account. And it was very easy to link my Etsy account together with that. Mm-hmm. And you can create a design in Canva and then upload that design in Printify, it shows you what it would look like on a shirt or whatever the product is. They have all kinds of products out there. And you can have a preview, they show some mock-ups, so it shows you what it would look like on a real person or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you can upload all that onto Etsy and it's just a click of a button. You can set all the prices, you can set the descriptions, you can set all of that and it's a click of a button, You, you hit publish. And it takes it from your Printify straight to Etsy, which was fantastic. And I played around with this around the holidays. I made some shirts. I went on Etsy because I was also curious, can I do that? <laughs> you showing off her shirt. For those of you watching, you can see Bye, that. Um, we don't have it set up yet for them to buy. Just I kidding. It. <laughs> It'll be soon. Very soon. <laughs> so I thought, well, how do you, how do you you know, can you make a shirt this way with somebody else's design? So I was looking on Etsy at some of these others and other people have made designs and they say in there, you are welcome to use my design. You can't sell the design itself, but you can use this design that you purchased from me and you can make a product and you can sell that product. And I purchased some that way with that intention. And I made a few shirts around the holiday time Again, I was just kind of playing with it. I wanted to see what's the print quality like through Printify? What's Mm -hmm. the process of ordering that? I went on 
Um, Etsy purchased the design, made the t-shirts on Printify, uploaded them to Etsy, and then I went on to Etsy as a customer and I purchased shirts mm-hmm. and I had them come in. So it looks like I have a couple sales on Etsy and it was literally just me <laughs> purchasing them. I wanted to see the process. Yeah. What goes out there automatically to my customer that I didn't set up? Mm-hmm. What do I need to set up in order to know that they're getting the right information? I just wanted to know the backside of it. Exactly. And was it smooth? I, it was, it was pretty smooth. The yeah. part that made me stop is that I know around that time, Etsy was shutting down stores because people weren't putting the correct disclaimers on mm. their, their stores on their site. And also something about the mock-ups. They have guidelines for the mock-ups. And the mock-up, for those of you who don't know, that's where it looks like um, somebody's wearing the shirt. And it may be an AI-generated photo that yeah. you're seeing where it's not a real person wearing the shirt. It's just filling it in. And I was seeing that they were getting really picky about the type of mock-ups that were being used. It wasn't supposed to be, um, I think, the AI generation part. Something was coming up about that. And at the time, I did not have time to really look into what all the requirements were. This was around the holidays. And I just didn't have it in me to try to figure out exactly what they were looking for. I know that I cannot sell a product that is copyrighted. I know that I should not be selling things that are like licensed characters. I'm not selling anything that's Disney. Yeah. I'm not selling anything, you know, that's something else like that. I understand all of that, but I don't want to be shut down because I don't have the proper picture showing my mm-hmm. product. And that's not something that I was willing to have an issue with when I didn't have the time to really look into what the stipulations were and the requirements exactly. were. The setting up of the store was so easy. Good. The cost of having the product on the store, I think it's like 20 cents per post, you know, per okay. item that you have on there. And that's for, I was doing this in October, November, and my posts would have been good until like February sometime. I feel like that's reasonable. I, you know, I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. The shipping part of it was great. I didn't see a problem with that. I have to figure out the wording for, you know, the description of the shirts and all these things. This is where SEO comes into play. Yes. And that's something that I haven't spent a lot of time. I have spent some time getting into, but I've had to tell myself, you can't be perfect at everything right now. And that's one of those things that unfortunately has gone by the wayside for now while we're just making some content. Yeah. And then we'll go back and focus more on making sure that we're getting all the wording perfectly. And I'm sure that that's backwards from what some people would say but I want to make sure that we have some content out there first it's not going to be perfect and I'm okay with that I'm okay with the way that things are going I feel like it's been going relatively smoothly for us Mm -hmm. but that's kind of my my background of where I'm at with that I did come across a site called Kittle it's k-i-t-t-l and it's it's a site similar to a canva type where you can make a design and then you can link that that was another one that came up in all of that. So I have a Kittle account. I haven't used it a ton, but I did use it a little bit. It's kind of like a Canva type thing, but you can connect that with your Printify. Um, there's Printful or Printful, Printful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll look that up later, but that's another one that you can use and they'll, they'll print your things for you. Right mm-hmm. now, we have been using our Printify account to make mm-hmm. some merchandise and I just keep making shirts and buying them 
and then seeing the quality. Right. Right now, we're just about there. I think that things are pretty good. We're seeing things with our logo that aren't printing quite so well. Right. I've been making adjustments to that, so you don't know that, but I've been going through, um, especially on the smaller size shirts, some of the graphics, if they're not thick enough, they're not going to print well enough. And that's something that I've seen. I wouldn't want somebody to buy a shirt and it not to print out all the way. Exactly. So I've been making some adjustments to that. Um, You can see back behind me with my logo or with our logo, you can see the cloud. It's just kind of an outline of a cloud. I have changed it to where it's a filled in version of of a cloud. And just making those little tweaks can help with the printing. And that's just something that, that we're noticing with our printing. So we do have plan to have merch. I think it would be an easy way for people to support us since we're not charging anything for our services right now. I know a lot of you have asked how you can support us in our endeavors, and I think that would be a fun way to do it. It'll let us see what it's like more from our end of having people purchase from us, mm-hmm. and ultimately, it's fun. <laughs> so you can set your prices and things, and it's been an interesting process. With all of that being said, a lot of AI is built into these applications. It's building in the descriptions and things. It's building in mock-ups when you go into Printify and it it shows you what this would look like as a t-shirt or what this would look like as a mug or what this would look like on a blanket or a a bag. It's showing you a mock-up of that and you can have it look more realistic or more colorful and that's all part of AI being built into it. And where last week where we talked about ChatGPT being AI and where you have a prompt and you get feedback and it's mm-hmm. more word-based, here we have AI and some of these things showing up where it's it's more of an image-generated mm-hmm. AI, which is a little bit, to me, that's a little bit more scary Yeah, to have an image generated with AI because it's a little bit harder to determine what's real or fake with that. Mm-hmm. But if you guys go on to Etsy, most of the pictures that you see are AI generated. And if you really look at them, you can tell that something's off a little bit. Yeah. Or if it's the exact same position for everybody for this t-shirt that just changes colors, just changed colors. Yeah. But it's the same, same pose, save everything. That's an AI generated photo. Hmm. The more you know. Tina, you have me sitting on the edge of my seat. What is that tip that you were talking about before in Canva? All right. So let's get into our tech tip of the week. Mm -hmm. Tip so good, it'll make you flip your hair. (laughs) My tech tip of the week for you is when you are making edits to something, whether it's a video or whether it's an image or whether it's text, save your original Mm. and make the edit to a copy of your original. While the undo feature, which is control Z or command Z for a lot of you who don't know in a lot of apps, if you do something and you don't like the result, you can undo that. You don't always have an unlimited amount of those built in that you can use. Sometimes they only go back two or three times, maybe five times, depending on the software that you're in. So you may not be able to undo everything And one of the things now that is nice that it's saving for you without you having to remember to stop and save is that it's saving for you, which means it's saving things that you may not have wanted to save. There's kind of pros and cons to that automatic save feature that's built into so many apps and softwares now. My tip is 
make a backup. Mm-hmm. Make a copy of your original. Keep your original safe. And that way, if in your editing, you just get to the point where you need to start over or something has been adjusted to where it's no longer anywhere near what you were wanting. Past the point of return. You can go back to your original. (laughs) Right. And it happens. It happens to the best of us. You get to the Mm -hmm. point and you start hitting control Z, control Z, control Z. Oh, wait, it's not doing it anymore. Let me just start fresh. I did that for our podcast last week. I had it going and I had it going and then it got to the point of no return and I had cut some things out and it was, I just started fresh. At that point, it was just time to just start fresh. And knowing that you have that original is so helpful. And that's my tech tip of the week. Always keep your original so that you don't mess it up and then make edits and changes to your copy so that you don't have to worry about it. That's fantastic. Would you agree with that, Nikki? Oh, 100%. I make copies of everything. Make copies. Yeah, I have copies and copies and copies. And then you have to go back later and delete Delete everything. (laughs) But wait until, don't delete all that stuff until you know that you have the one that you wanted and it's been used for its intended purposes. Um, Also, you can name them. Make sure that you name them in ways that you know. Yes, I make. That you're using the one that you wanted. 600 copies and I have. I have um, uh, seven gigs of space on my on my computer. So when I make a video for whenever we release videos, I only have enough space on my computer for that one video. And so I will have my copies. I'll do whatever I need to do until it's finalized. And then I upload it. And once I know it's right. safe on some cloud... I'll go ahead and delete yeah. it. And then I have six gigs again. So we're just working with what we have. <laughs> I had to do that for my desktop computer and my MacBook the other day because they were all full of memory from all these videos that we're doing. Yes. So I made sure that I was at a point where anything I had made had already been uploaded to the social medias or wherever the podcast pages, all mm-hmm. those different things. And then I had to go through and wipe out my desktop and also my MacBook because they were all yes. telling me error, error, error. You have no yes, more it can't no more space do now. anything because there's no space. <laughs> that is the story of yeah. my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Nikki, we've made it to the end of another episode. This one was a lot of fun. It was. We had the best time. We did. I feel like I commandeered the conversation for this one. I promise not to do that always. You have a you have a lot of insight on a lot of those things. I have not had experience with that, so that's fantastic that you have experience on the drop shipping, Canva, all of that. That's awesome. Um, she doesn't know this, but I'm gonna pass some of those things off to her at some point so that she can <laughs> learn some of them as well. Um, I, I, yes, I'm learning. <laughs> We still have a video out there that I have not been able to release the sound to. So once we get to 100 subscribers on YouTube, I will release the sound. And it's a good one. Especially if you know us, it's a good one. You're going to want to hear that one. If you have not already liked and subscribed to our channel on YouTube, please do so. You'll find our podcast also on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Pandora, uh, maybe some others. I can't remember. Else do we have? Oh, Apple Podcasts. That's where the other Everything. one is. Apple Podcasts. So we are out there. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. 
TikTok. We are on TikTok. TikTok. We are out there. And we're on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is where we had a shout out from Classroom Screen. So they gave us a very kind comment there. And if you are a K through 12 teacher and you have not checked out that resource, please do so. They have a free version. It's fantastic. Every time I open up their website, they have more updates and I cannot talk about enough. So I'm going to stop so I can quit going on and on and on about this. But if you are a teacher and you're not using it, go check it out. I always love things that make me look like I have my life together more than I do. And that's one of those things that as a teacher, I can help you out with. I'm actually about to use it tomorrow because I'm putting my students into groups and it'll Mm -hmm. let me do random groups for my students. And Mm -hmm. I love it with click of a button. It's fantastic. I love, I love, I love that resource. So coming up in our next episode, let's talk about some augmented reality. Stop it. Augmented reality in education. Let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about some more AI next week. We'll see where we can come up with four things for AI. So we've mentioned it for ChatGPT. We've mentioned it in Canva. Mm -hmm. I want Mm -hmm. to take a little look into something that Microsoft has recently put out there called Copilot. Have you heard of Copilot? I just, I just watched a video on Copilot. Yeah. I don't know much at all. I just watched a video. It is They're rolling it out. They're pushing it quickly. Let's, let's check out Copilot next week or throughout this week. So we'll talk about Copilot a little bit next week. And then this week we're making tutorials. I'm going to make some tutorials on Canva. Mm -hmm. Nikki's going to focus on OneNote Mm -hmm. over this next little bit. Watch for videos coming out there. Mm -hmm. We're going to try to keep our videos pretty short because Mm -hmm. we know that that tends to be easier for people to watch and keep up with. We appreciate everyone's support. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.